Yeah. I'm taking her to, yeah. buy, to buy a gun when uh, she gets back from wherever she's at. So then she'll be real relaxed. But I think someone has joined <laughs> that. So should probably acknowledge this mysterious <laughs> figure known as Benzik. We walk the streets at night. <laughs> we go where we go there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Uh, you did it, Ben. Wow, that's yeah. pretty long, actually. Uh, it's a- <laughs> he looks like Danzig. For our listeners, right? Ben has a devil lock, a real I devil do. lock. I do. And this week's Record of the week just mysteriously fell over. Hang on. Legacy of Brutality. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, that's my (laughs) intro. Do you have makeup on? No, I'm just tired. So I have dark (laughs) curls under my eyes. I thought you you put on the ghoul face, but you're just old and sick. Are you wearing a thing? No, I I just look like shit. (laughs) I'm just 33 years old and have children. Existential dread. So there's just constantly dark circles under my eyes. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's existential dread. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Well, uh, well how the fuck are you guys doing? You know, let's, uh, hold on. Well, I just got my devil lock in my beer. This isn't going to work at all. I'm, mm. uh, I'm surprised you have that much hair. I mean, not that you have that much hair, but that you have, you know, the length. Yeah. Well, in uh, in quarantine, I learned that the only hairstyle I can get Mikkel to cut efficiently is I just, she buzzes the side and the back and I just let the top grow. And then every so often, every couple months, she trims, like, she just like, will cut, she'll comb it all back and cut the length. So the front literally ratches, uh, reaches the back. The front of my hair literally reaches the back, like, of my you know, where my hairline would end. Yeah, so so basically the, the front gets, oh, excuse me, this front gets very long. And so I have a devil lock now. This is what I'm going to job interviews with. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's a good and smart idea. Yeah, I think so. I don't see a problem with it. Got no time to be a punk. The kids are asleep, so let's get drunk. So this is The Kids Are Asleep. Episode 15. This week we're going to talk about punk rock. I'd just like to say this gig sucks. Hey, up your Springfield. One, two, three, four. I'm Dan, broadcasting here with my lovely wife, Sarah. Hey. From uh, Pilsen in Chicago. We're <laughs> joined by uh, two uh, uh, of the punkinest punks that ever punked. There you go. Yeah, two punk rock guys. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm Tim, and I'm in Rhode Island, and I'm extremely tired. I can so tell. So this is going to be my energy level probably throughout the podcast. Oh, can't wait. Back, back to you, Ben. <laughs> I'm Ben, uh, the one with the kids. I'm actually also tired, so this is, uh, we're going to have to just, we're all just going to have to rail a couple lines here, because, uh, and it's just, it's probably just been a, a good couple of days for all of us. But, uh, Punks never but, die; they're just perpetually exhausted. Yeah, fucking okay, man, and uh, I stand at the way, way back now. I, I told yeah. you, we don't even go. That's how far back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Sometimes, dude. sometimes if I hear punk rock music, I just instinctively walk backwards. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh boy, uh, can't get too close to this. Uh, 
before we uh, before we get too deep into that, let's uh, get going with our standard beer of the week. 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 Everybody needs to believe in something. I believe I have another. Uh, who wants to go first? I want to go last this week, actually. I can lead yeah. it off. Yeah. You go for it. Go. All right. So, um, in the. Uh, the world that exists in my head in which like people listen to this podcast, I would think that like by now Rhode Island listeners would be saying, why hasn't Tim reviewed rise yet? Uh, it's you're doing a beer, a podcast about beer in Rhode Island and you haven't done rise. It's like the new England beer, the Rhode Island beer, the Rhode Island beer. It's, uh, it's out of, uh, Wakefield, um, Wakefield, Rhode Island, which is right next door to where I used to live down in the beach mansion. And uh, their uh, flagship, uh, ale, their flagship product is uh, the Rise American Pale Ale, APA. They got this nice, clean, uh, baby blue and white can with the whale logo. Um, and uh, the beer is a medium hazy APA with a floral hop, um, and it's like it's good. It's a good summer hot IPA um, because it's not so heavy. Um, it's not like my favorite, uh, despite it's like wild popularity out here. I think it could be better. Um, I mean, I, it's definitely a good beer. It's just like a definition of a good, not great beer. Um, so for that, I'm going to have to give it a 3.75, which is still pretty high, I think, but, uh, it's just not up there with like the better, higher end breweries. Fun fact about this brewery, uh, before we met, my wife dated the founder of this brewery. No uh, shit. For like one date. Um, no. But that was a huge fuck up on her part because that guy's rich as hell now. And <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> a public teacher at that. Yeah. Also, uh, really, really quickly, another beer I had this week that was great was um, Isosceles Dimension by, uh, by um, Long Live Beer Works. That's a 4.0. Doesn't count. Doesn't that doesn't count? Yeah. <laughs> Always doing long live beer works. You just had to squeeze a long live beer works in there. They're my hometown brewery. Yeah. But uh, at any rate, I guess I'll I'll go next. Uh, I know that Dan thinks that he's gonna out punk the punkinest punk with his beer of the week, but he's wrong because I have this week from Brew Dog Brewing Punk IPA. Aha! How about that? Look at this baby. It's uh, it's actually pretty damn hazy, if you can see there. I got the glass up to the screen. The viewer or the listener, it doesn't matter to you at all. But just know that you can't see me through this beer. So um, it's uh, 5.4% alcohol, 35 IBUs, which is actually kind of lower than I'm tasting. It tastes a little more bitter than that. But uh, I'm going to read this copy here because it's uh, it's cute. Uh, it's Punk IPA is the beer that kickstarted it. Uh, this light golden classic has been subverted with new world hops to create an explosion of flavor. Bursts of caramel and tropical fruit with an all-out riot of caramel and tropical fruit with an... Oh, wait, I already said that part. Uh, I skipped it. I reread those He's same sentence. Bursts of caramel... <laughs> I'm going to retake that. 
bursts of caramel and tropical fruit with an all-out riot of grapefruit, pineapple, and lychee precede us. Whatever. Precede a spiky bitter finish. This is the beer that started it all, and it's not done yet. Uh, and then it says, punk, quintessential empire with an anarchic twist. Um, this isn't that anarchic to me. It seems pretty, uh, it, sm- it smells like most IPAs to me. And um, I'm going to give it another sip here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get that ASMR, baby. Um, it's uh, It's good. It's not yeah, nowhere near my favorite kind of IPA. You know, I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm more of like a, a Citra and a Centennial Hop kind of guy. And I like that, that. I like my IBUs to be a little bit higher. And for a punk IPA, I expected it to be a little bit more than that. Uh, so I will give this um, in the IPA category, honestly, probably a three. It's a, it's good. You know, it's better than middle of the road, but it's not like blowing my mind right now. Uh, like I expect most punk rock bands to do. Over to you, Sarah. Okay. Well, for the theme, I have punk rock for rich kids, which is a Belgian style American pale ale. Have to say, love the can art. It's pink. Love it. That's a nice can. Looks like a bear on the back. Yeah. A very angry punk rock bear. I'm sorry. Did you say what brewery it was from? Uh, no, I don't even know. <laughs> um, okay, it's a Solemn Oath Brewery. Uh, okay. yeah. That's, uh, um, I, I think, out of Naperville, maybe. Well, it's very beautiful. So points for that. I love the pink and like coral colors of it. Um, I like pale ales in general, and this one's really good. It's like really light and pretty when you pour it. And the taste is, uh, you know, the most important part. And I would say it's really good. Like it doesn't leave me feeling like I'm, you know, like a weird aftertaste or anything like that. I don't know. Some of the fancier beers are like they stick with you a little bit longer. This one does not. Uh, really light. It's like maybe a tiny bit like fruity in a way, which I like. It's not like sweet, but it's good. I give it a four. Nice. So I have um, as my beer of the week, the punkest beer of all, the true punk beer, Punk Blue Ribbon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I find it very hard to believe that you couldn't. It's we're doing a punk rock episode. Michelle just walked in on me, and she looks like I don't know. Just caught me with my pants down. Hang on. Where's the wrapping? On the couch over there. Um, (laughs) my wife could not look more mortified by walking in and seeing me with a double lock (laughs) and a vest. She's just like, "Oh no, what's happened? (laughs) You're regressing." Uh, We're starting a long distance uh, punk band. Yeah, yeah, exactly via Zoom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, one thing I yeah. want to say real quick, Dan, is you 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 teased us on this, and your excuse for not wanting to like I asked if we could do a different topic tonight, and you said you couldn't go out and get this beer again 
It's PB fucking R. You can literally get it like outside your front door from a random person walking down the street. One, I was talking more about Sarah's beer, but two, I don't just have PBR, but just a quick thing on PBR. PBR is delicious. It's actually fairly low in calories. It's apparently vegan. Um, and I mean, I most beers are vegan. <laughs> I've heard that they're not, though. Some of them use fish guts or whatever. Yeah, those are mostly just stouts, but whatever. So I chose Punk Blue Ribbon, Pabst Blue Ribbon, um, because I will forever associate it with punk rock. Um, every punk rock show I went to for most of my life, I was able to get PBR, uh, PBR Tall Boys, PBR Cans, whether it was a basement show or a illegal warehouse show or a festival or a show at the Metro or the bottom lounge or Reggie's or whatever. I always was drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. And, uh, in the, at the fest in Gaines, Gainesville. Yes. Gainesville Fest. Sponsored by CBR. Which is interesting because Pabst kind of like Red Bull really saw the DIY music underground as a market, you know, in a way, before a lot of others did. And Smart. now it's commodified all to hell. But uh, kudos to Paps for being early on that bag, bandwagon. So Absolutely. Cheers. Yeah. How many it's like, it's good to chug. fluid ounces do you think we've all drank of PBR? Oh, I don't. Collectively. I don't want to know. Thousands. Like, I was just like, when you were talking about it, I was just thinking about all the times I've just drank like 20 PBRs in a night. And like I just made oh, yeah. it like it like physically like made the like front right part of my stomach hurt. <laughs> like in memory of how that beer makes you feel. Like not even the next day, that night. Yeah. Side note, I don't think I need I need to be worried about saying this, but if I take uh I, I might be taking a, accepting a certain job next week, uh and I'll, I'll be moving from energy drink distributor. To beer distributor because you know moving from a boy to a man yeah exactly and i just felt like you know i shouldn't sell drinks that are addictive that kill people i should sell <laughs> drinks that are addictive that kill people right <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the distributor itself distributes pbr so i will be yeah. selling past blue ribbon nice uh, how about it well, you'll probably also be selling my bonus beer of the week that relates to us being old punks. Oh, let's see what it is. Crack into right now. Pabst. Oh. Non-alcoholic. What? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why? <laughs> because, you know, Are you like, dying? Is this how we find this out? You know what this is, Ben? This is why you can't give white trash money. Things like 10 copies of the Communist Manifesto and non alcoholic PBR. <laughs> oh boy, you played and right maybe into the Possibly dumb trucker hats that say solidarity forever. I'm not right. commenting on that one way or another. Why? Um, no, explain yourself. Well, because I've been thinking that, um, you know, every once in a while uh, I've taken a month off drinking in the last few years and it's been good. And I want to find a way to do that while still doing the podcast. So this is kind of an experiment on uh, to see how this would actually go. Because I would just, you know, pick a month and then my beer of the week, every week that month would be one type of non-alcoholic beer. And I would judge them. So we all know that Miller 64 is 5.0 on the non-alcoholic beer scale as established previously. 
Right. So we're, so we're gonna put this guy to the test here right now. Let's see. This is the first I'm, step. Yeah. The first step. I haven't tried it yet. Okay. Let's see how this goes down. I want to know how it compares to uh, the original. And I like that you did just drink a PBR. So how does it compare? I literally just had a PBR. Right. Not as good as a PBR. So that's oh. not saying a lot. Um, you know, it kind of just really tastes like, um, kind of tastes like a Miller 64, actually, to mm. be perfectly honest. Um, it does, it definitely would like quench my, you know, beer thirst at a show. It's cold. It's carbonated. It tastes vaguely of beer. Mm. That makes sense. Let's see how it pours and see how it looks in a glass. Is it like, does it taste like a watered down PBR? Yeah, that's exactly what it tastes like. Is that's that how you pour it like. Yeah, that's no. horrible. You know yeah. you're supposed to tilt the cup, right? Okay. I know. I'm just trying to like... Look at all it. that head, said the priest to the choir boy. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it just looks, it looks like a Pabst, roughly. And I would honestly say not bad on the non-alcoholic beer scale that I haven't really had a lot. I'm going to give this a four. Four on the wow. non-alcoholic beer scale. Your description did not, I did not anticipate a four. That's uh, I mean, I think I, being charitable. I think the non-alcoholic beer scale might get, you know, I'm literally operating with no frame of reference here. I've never had a non-alcoholic beer. This is going to be life. an interesting series. Yeah, actually, and on that note, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't think I've ever had one. I might have tried no duels just like a sip when I saw someone drinking one. So and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna keep my rating to this episode to Pabst. I'm going to rate it a 5.0 on the beer punk scale. Um, okay. And uh, you have no we'll, respect for the scale at all. No, none at all. None. At all. No. Um, none. Uh, so I'll come back to Pabst non-alcoholic after we, when I finally decide to do my sober month. So but, uh, you don't put PBR at all. Like, cause here's the way I look at it is on that scale, old styles, the five to me. And so PBR is to me is just a step below is maybe like a, a at least a four or four point five compared. To yeah, I mean, I think on that like domestic lager scale, like that's how we're supposed to do the scale. Right. We've established that. That's right. my favorite. So, like a realistic rating for Paps would be like a. Like Can a, I say, and then we have to stop this? That the yeah. like problem with the cheap domestic mass-produced beer scale is the difference between a one and a five is fu- like very small. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's there's true. Not, like there's none that are leaps and bounds better than the others. It's You're just like right. it's just like more or less degrees of unpleasantness. So there's yeah. always going to be a problem rating beers in that scale. So maybe we it's don't so, need to litigate it quite this much. Right, that's what I'm saying. If that style is the beer of life, Pabst is the beer of punk. So that's all right. that's all there is. Okay. Um, so with on that tip, we can uh, I think move on to the topic of the week, which is punk which we all have a fair amount of experience with, I would say. Yeah. Um, Sarah, the most. What Sarah's is this punk? Are you kidding? <laughs> are you talking about, are you talking uh, about Pong? Uh, <laughs> it, this topic's going to be a little difficult for me because I've never considered myself a punk. Right. Myself. Just always been around and now married to a serious punk. And also... Uh, participated in a lot of punk activities. Absolutely, over the years, to punk say the activities. least. Yeah, <laughs> punks are your friends. Punks are your mm-hmm. enemies. <laughs> Can I just say real quick? Can anybody done this besides whole... Sarah get that reference? I, actually, I didn't get that reference. I didn't either. 
<laughs> I just like, thought it rhymed. No, it's uh, from Use a Ho by Ludacris. I just gotta say, uh, having done this whole devil lock bit uh, for the intro of this episode, I because uh, who uh, Jerry only had the devil lock, right? So uh, there's no yeah, way. Totally, totally, it's a, totally and maybe, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Glenn actually did it. Maybe he did for a while. Yeah, he he had just like. Oh, Yes, uh, like those those okay. early those Maybe early the videos days. of the misfits from like eighty two or whatever they're all yeah. they're all devil locking. Well, my point being, there's no way I don't know how those guys didn't go cross eyed. I can't stand like I have to flip. I had to flip this up. It's uh, I, I, just seeing that in front of like right between my eyes is horrible, and uh, that's punk rock, baby. Um, but yeah, so moving on from that, I mean, Jesus Christ, where 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 do we want to begin? There's a lot. Um, and we want to talk to, about our come to punk moments, like our come to yeah. Jesus moments, our uh, our road to Damascus punk yeah. transformations. Or the very yeah, at the very least, like the first time you heard some shit. Yeah, it's like oh yes, whatever it is, I like this. Oh, I've even got one of those. There you go. <laughs> there you go. What, what is it? What is it, Sarah? I remember uh, probably what would it have been like sixth or seventh grade Um, and I had a radio in my bedroom and I remember like just tuning the radio trying to find something right and right as I get to whatever station I just hear Donna Donna (laughs) Donna and I don't I didn't know what it was but I was like yes yes I like this I like this and I'm about to be a teenager. Yeah. I'm vibing. There is something very powerful in my brain about the downstroke power chord. Absolutely. It is, but it just like, it worked on me like magic. Oh, yeah. And all the arena rock in the 70s that my folks listened to, or I don't know what it was, but there was something about that just, you know. It sounded like freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. On my own, here we go. And uh, you, you kind of you stole mine because uh, well, I actually not necessarily, but I think for a lot of us, at least Dan, I mean, Green Day was like, and there there are some it, it, there are some people who would argue that Green Day isn't punk rock, and these days certainly they're not. But like, it, it's it, they, but they they were. I mean, you know, pop punk should maybe you know, but like they to, for a lot of us they were that uh, you know that I don't know that introduction to the entire genre just being the age that we were and whatnot and um green day was not my first uh punk rock album though the, the actual first uh cd i had of a band that you would classify as punk rock was actually uh the offspring it was a uh, uh, americana by the offspring and that uh that was like up until that point the only other two cds i owned were the soundtracks to a goofy movie and the mighty morphin power rangers movie <laughs> And then, offspring, <laughs> and, then, and then offspring americana and, and so that's the yeah so that cd like so while i was dancing around the what was awesome the, songs what was the fake pop, pop what was the fake line. pop star's name power line okay. power line <laughs> yeah all i need is half a chance on second thought a second glance of proof i got whatever it takes it's a piece of cake to stand out
birthday while I was dancing around my bedroom to Powerline a year before listening to The Offspring. Like, and uh, and actually, at a side note, the Mighty Warfare Power Rangers soundtrack is actually pretty cool. It's got some good songs on it. And the first time I heard They Might Be Giants, there's a song by They Might Be Giants on there, uh, which actually might come up later. But uh, what's it? Um, I'll be at the This Is A Punk Rock episode. But like Offspring Americana, when I heard that, it's like, I was just like, oh my God, like, I, I can't, I have to hide this CD from my parents. I can't let them know I'm listening to this. You know, it's like, it, it, you know, it had songs on it. Like, um, there was, a, you know, for a lot of people, their first Offspring album was Smash, but, you know, I wasn't, I was late to the party. And I think it had like, uh, you know, it had The Kids Are All Right on it. And like, you know, um, and it might have had that song like, you know, my friend's got a girlfriend and he hates that bitch. You know, like that song. <laughs> he tells me every day. You know, I had to like listen to it quietly when my parents were home and stuff like that. I was just like, oh my God, like this is, like they're swearing and, and like, you know, like uh, like a distortion and like, a, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But then, but then later on, I, I would realize that I had heard Green Day on the radio and I loved them. Um, my very very first tattoo. What is uh, is the girl from the album of uh, the cover of Kerplunk? Because uh, I did get so into Green Day. Like to me, like Green Day was the first band that I that I did really latch onto after that. And uh, you know, I mean, when you're a young teenager, especially, and you're just all fucking full of hormones and stuff, and you're listening to you know just this awesome music that's just like totally, I don't know, just. It doesn't really mean a whole lot, maybe, to a person these days. If you're an adult and you listen to Green Day, you just be like, all right, you know, old Green Day albums, you just be like, yeah, all right, whatever. But like at that age, it just fucking speaks to you and your soul. And you're just like, yes, all I want to do is sit around in my fucking bedroom and be stoned and play guitar and go out and hang out with my friends and get drunk. And, you know, it's cool. Well, I mean, it's interesting because like punk rock is kind of like the end of. Like, it's like, uh, not the end necessarily, but it's like the final, like, culmination of youth culture that kind of started in the 50s when they invented teenagers as a market. Like, there's right. so much in punk rock about being young, but also how being young sucks. Yeah. It's like a celebration of being young at the same time. It's this very weird paradoxical kind of thing that I think honestly gets closer than a lot of other things in the culture to describing what it's like to be young. I'll always think of um, Kids of the Black Hole by the adolescents when Hell I think yeah. about our years, especially like right after high school, just getting drunk and trashing one place after another yeah. uh, pointlessly and for no reason, but it felt like it was an important and worthwhile thing to do. Yeah, and this music was the soundtrack to that, you know what I mean? Absolutely it was. Uh, what, uh, what, what, Dan, what was the first, uh, I mean, I know you came up on Green Day as well, which, uh, we'll get past Green Day because we need to, but like, um, was there anything Green else? Green Day was absolutely my favorite band, my first favorite band. Um, Nirvana scene, Smells Like Teen Spirit, the video for the first time, um, and the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack. That was, uh, yeah. Uh, Dead Kennedy's Police Truck for yeah, the first right. time. That song is just a fucking ripper. That song rules. Oh, um, yeah. That, that, that soundtrack, I mean, that really would, that, like, that is so, that's a perfect introduction. And I, I think it also had adolescence on that soundtrack. Maybe that or one of them. And that, that also, it's funny, the name of the band, The Adolescents. You know right. what I mean? 
you know, and it's funny that they continue to play for years well after they weren't adolescents <laughs> to the point where one of their kids was playing in the band at one point. <laughs> That's kind of cute. Um, but, you know, I didn't consider myself a punk when Green Day was my favorite band. Mm -hmm. It was there for the moment I became a punk, actually. <laughs> yes. This might have come up on a podcast before. This was, was it Spanish or health? I think it was Spanish, right? The Spanish class we were talking about before. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, we were both sitting there trying to get Fs. And uh, <laughs> I look over and he's just drawing the bad religion symbol and the anarchy symbol like over, like all over his notebooks and shit. And like I had, I was like an old punk at this time because I'd been into punk for about eight weeks. This is like sophomore year of high school. So, and uh, yeah. So I was like, Mesler, when did you become a punk? And he said, uh, yesterday. <laughs> this honestly goes back to the internet episode because it was Napster. Yeah. I just like went on a tear. I found out that Mike Dirt from Green Day had played bass for a Screeching Weasel album and just like blah, 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 downloaded all that shit. Stumbled on Bad Religion because of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack and just one thing led to another. Yeah. How did you get into it, Tim? It was, it's weird. It's like one of those things like where you, you like, you know, you like a thing before you know it is a thing, you know, like, cause I was like my favorite songs on the radio, like listening to Q101, which was this station everyone listened to growing up in Chicago. Q101 Chicago's alternative. Like all the songs that were like fat, short, fast, like songs with like power chords and like punk songs, like the, the punk songs that were on the radio. Even when I was little, like eight, nine, 10 years old, I always loved those songs. So I knew like that that was like the thematic like tone that I liked of like pop music, but I couldn't didn't know the name punk yet. It took me until like a long like, you know, my adolescence to like put two and two together on that. But like I was it was Green Day again, like I you know we've all said it, but like brains, the video from Brains Do that was always back to back with Jaded and yeah. the video for Longview and the video for Welcome to Paradise is like. I like my I was super into like mid nineties MTV, like when I was way too young to be watching it. Like I said, like eight, nine, ten. And my mom and dad like forbade it, but in the basement, if I turned the volume down just enough, I could put like my ear to the speaker, but still be able to see the screen. And my mom wouldn't be able to hear it upstairs. And I'd sit there with my right eye like three inches from the screen. Like, watching the video for long view. Or like Beavis and Butthead or Aeon Flux oh, or like, cause I just knew like, I like this gross, weird aesthetic. Like it's what I keep calling it. It's like, that's what punk is to me. It's gross and weird. And that's like half the draw. It's yeah. just like, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm not like you. I'm into weird shit. I ain't like y'all. I'm into weird shit. I'm in the back getting weird with my weird friends. Yeah. You know, and that like is the, that's like the, like my proto punk phase, I guess was, was that like liking that. And then, I got into sports and all the shit, like all the bad music that being into sports makes you listen to like bad hip hop and like, uh, you know, like rap rock and, and like, uh, Dave Matthews band and Nickelback oh. and Creed and shit like that. Uh, no, no, and then no. I was like, and then I just, uh, made friends with punks in high school, I guess. That led me into the whole punk chain. And then I was like, Oh yeah, here's that music. I like again. And then I remember the moment because I was like, I was one of those kids for the longest time who said, oh, I like punk and metal. Um, so I was oh, like, yeah. disturbed and shit. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, absolutely. And System and, of a Down was really big for like, yeah. that, during that time, and I was I, like, I, I was like treading that fine line for a while, where I was like, yeah. no, like I also like Hatebreed and yeah, you know, yeah, Hatebreed, yeah, yeah, like Hatebreed and like System of a Down are ones I kept listening to after like Hatebreed fucking sucks, but I stand by System of a Down. Oh yeah, I um, really, I really love System of a Down yeah. when I was like at my most fucked up yeah. eighth grade mentality, <laughs> angry. So uh, I remember the, the the moment that I switched from uh, from I like punk and metal to just being a punk, and then yeah, you know all the horror and chaos that came after that, and also good times I guess. But uh, the fateful moment was listening to uh, "Strangled" by Oscar. You know, I feel feels strangled. I feel torn into insufficient amounts of till. <laughs> and uh i was like for whatever reason that song just blew me away and i was on aim aol instant messenger with and i was like dude punk is so much better than metal <laughs> and then he said i know <laughs> for for, for posterity though all right is a, the the best oscar song I mean, absolutely like, that, 100%. yeah that and, and it, and it blows strangled out of the water. You're crazy. I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a strangled head. What can I uh, tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with myself. And your boy down just do not help. The outcome is what delight shit. Down you know when to quit. And I am not doing all right. The weird thing about punk rock is, like, sometimes I honestly think, is punk rock the worst thing that ever happened to me? Like, so many, like, I like the lifestyle that I got into that I wasted so many years on, like, just being a scumbag was, like, absolutely a result of me becoming involved in punk rock. Yeah. Well, I always just wonder, I mean, I've had that, that question as well, um, but... Uh, the other question is, what would we have done otherwise? Yeah. yeah. I, I, be, that, that, be, some, be some normie for 10 years and what have what to show for it. And that, and that frames I, me even more that thought, because it's just like, yeah. because here's the thing is like uh, there that you've got a good point, Tim, because uh, what other uh, genres of music so like um, mesmerize you to where like, you know, I mean, not to make Dan use the fucking Return of the Living Dead soundbite for the 1,000th time, but it's a way of life. I mean, I got something to say, you know? What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you, it like, you instantly, the first time you become a punk, let's face it, you're, you, you go full poser and you're just yeah. like, you know, I mean, you're just like, you, you immediately are like, okay, how many you things can I start like, What's the guy's name from? You dress like Matthew Lillard from SLC Punk. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry, like yeah. that. Like overnight. Oh my god! I wanted oh, to yeah. marry him. Well, I wanted to marry him. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. And when I first saw that movie, I was like, I thought, like, oh my god, this movie is the like 
this is the Bible of punk rock. Like, this is what I need to be like. Like, what these guys are like is what my life should be like and how well, I should the act. The movie is the American history acts of punk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> and it even with the same, like, with a, you know, like a, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, the ending is like uh, perpendicular, not perpendicular, too. It's, it's the same. Parallel. That's the one. Perpendicular. <laughs> perpendicular is the literal opposite of parallel. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. Well, all right. So let me let me just say a couple of things because I, you know, for context, Sarah and I are sitting here above a basement that had punk shows for ten years, notoriously. And I we should probably talk honestly, about that. Honestly, have had the same thought that Tim has had. Did punk rock ruin my life? Yeah. <laughs> um, but also at the same time, you know, I also think it might have been the best thing that ever happened to me. It's kind of both. Yeah, absolutely. Weirdly enough. And the other, the other yeah. thing is, it sounds very corny, but I've always felt it to be true. And maybe it's not a great thing, but I feel like punk rock saved my life at a certain <laughs> point when I needed it to. Um, but I think it's interesting what you said about SLC Punk, Ben, because uh, we all talked about how we got into punk through Green Day. And Green Day is weird because they're this bridge. They came out of the remnants of the punk scene. Right. You know, the thing that happened after punk broke and, you know, hardcore burst out all across America and college radio started and, you know, all these mutations. But Green Day in the late 80s grew out of the East Bay punk and hardcore scene. And right. we all got into them after they got onto the radio. And there was a lot of stuff that was kind of when we were younger of punk kind of creeping into mainstream culture. And even as punk was becoming more mainstream, I think it's interesting that all of us kind of got more involved in underground or DIY or whatever you want to call it, punk, you know, uh, we kind of went the opposite direction that punk was going at the same time as we were getting into it. Absolutely. And that, that's the interesting thing too, about like, uh, on the point, on that point is like when we got into it, because let's, I mean, let's face it, like, you know, we were teenagers and the, uh, was it even the late nineties or just the early two thousands? And for the most part, I mean, we all got into it in the early two thousands. Right. And like at that point, obviously, you know, punk's already like 25 years old and uh, you know, and, and we would, it, it's just weird because there's so many, um, I don't know. There's so, like punk is so subjective to where it came from and what time it took place. Like, and our, influences were all over the fucking map you know i mean i think we can't talk about punk rock without talking about the ramones ladies and gentlemen the ramones ah, these minstrels will soothe my jangled nerves the remote like when you first hear the ramones you're just so like i just want to just, drop kick a nun yeah it's yeah. like what the, the fuck yeah, yeah i mean it's like meth and cocaine at the same time like administered anally yeah, and you, you just like, don't know, like, and I've heard so many people say it at this point, but you don't know, like, you listen to it and you're just like, am I supposed to laugh or, or, or like, yell at it? Like, I don't know if this is a joke or not, like, and, and then and then you find out that, like, you know, they, they you know, they, they just took themselves hyper seriously in the band and cyber seriously, you know, hyper seriously, and it's just, it, but it's, the, the, it's so simple that you're just like, how... I didn't know music could do this and that I could possibly do this because I can maybe do that, you know? And it's just like, that's, 
you know, I mean, everywhere the Ramones went, as people say, like bands blossomed and, and started and grew. And it's just, uh, you know, but like, but my point being that like, that's from, you know, 1977 and we got into our, you know, our introduction. You know, first well, that's true. You're first. right. You're right. We did it first. <laughs> fucking limey bastards. <laughs> Fuck my American dick. Uh, but it, 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 like the, the point being that like at we got into Green Day, which was like you know the and the album and you know they got started in the late '80s, but the albums we were listening to were from the early '90s, and so like they were already fifteen to twenty years later than you know that than that, and like then we got into hardcore, which was taking place in the '80s, and like from DC and from California, and it's just like it, it's just so weird because it, it, it's got to do something to your to your brain and your musical taste, like for them. You know, in, in that day, like, you know, so when you take into consideration the Dead Kennedys, I mean, like, at the time in the, I mean, like, I'm, I'm listening to, you know, a Peek Behind the Curtain, a No Dogs in Space podcast, not to drop another podcast, is talking about the Dead Kennedys right now. And, like, um, you know, they, in, in the late 70s, when Shelby Afro was getting into, like, punk rock, all he had at that point as a frame of reference was the Ramones. And, uh, and then, Later, what was it? You know, the punk bands that were going on in East Bay that I had no idea about. But, um, and that's what I think is interesting is just the fact that, like, for people of that generation, there was such a, a smaller, like, pool to pull from. They didn't have all these, like, you know, by the time we got into it in the early 2000s, it's like we had, you know, a, a plethora of bands to choose from. And we had a whether bad or not we catalog. Knew, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and, and, and all these bands we picked and choose from, we had no idea, like, that some of them were way older than others and where they came from and their history, awesome histories and stuff like that. But that's what's interesting. Then, like, we were also getting into current bands like, mm-hmm. at the same time. Exactly. That's true, too. Yeah. And it's just like, and, and so I think it did, it, it made it a little bit more complicated in that. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I mean, just to kind of. Like- once we started latching more onto like the bands that were actually playing, like we kind of started to understand like what the hell, like we were doing a little bit more. Yeah. That makes right. sense. I think it gave us a sense of our place in the history of punk rock. Whereas before, because we were coming of age, like I mentioned Napster, just grabbing everything that we could with punk on it through 20, 30 years of history, you know, it was a mishmash, you know, um, but finding those bands that were like, you know, even beyond bands like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think one of the first kind of, I wouldn't call it DIY now, I guess, necessarily or underground. But I remember going to a Dillinger 4 Arrivals show at the Metro Hell yeah. in November of 2002. <clears throat> so I was like 17. Yeah, I mean, that's like time machine shit. I would love to go to that show, but I'd also have All to right. be 17 or else I, have to <laughs> I would still stand at the back if I were at that show. Oh, now. yeah, 100%. Stand at the back. I'd dig the fuck out of the show, but I would definitely stay in the back with a perhaps tall boy in hand. Um, but, you know, I remember that gig and I had gotten into Dillinger for somehow through Green Day and like Screeching Weasel and all those other bands. And we had mentioned on the internet episode, um, Nothing Nice to Say by Mitch Clem. Yeah. And that clued us into some bands. Um, against Me. Against Me. Which like was my me. favorite band for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I loved that fucking band. Yeah. 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 
getting into those bands, you kind of saw like it got even closer. Like the music beforehand was like, oh shit, I could play this. But then once you actually see people doing it, you're like, oh, I could actually do that though. I could just do that. And I think that's what really, you know. Um, and I know, I know like Ben said we shouldn't do this, but now that you brought it up, like we did all, except for Sarah, play in punk bands. Yes, like, we did. I had a very brief history. I was just in like three bands really. But uh, one of them was the Violent Gentiles with Ben. I think that was probably the most, like the most, like <laughs> the sad statement, like most quality band I was ever in. Yeah, no, that's it, it's true. And like, also like when I listen to it now, I mean, it's, uh, it's not even a sophomoric effort. It's a pretty freshman effort, but yeah. like, it's, uh, you know, I mean, and, and it's, you know, it's very like, it was very brass tacks, like bare bones punk rock. It was just like, we're teenagers and we don't care. Fuck yeah. you. You know? And they're just like, when the revolution comes, you know, yeah. like that, that it's just like, I mean, that's, and, and, and like, and it's sweet in a way now, you know, you look at it now, it's just like kind of cute. But like at the time we fucking meant what we were saying. And like, yeah. you know, we were and like, and that's what's yeah, important. That it's like, fucking song. Yeah, you did. You wrote <laughs> almost all the songs. I, I wrote yeah. the shittier ones. And, uh, and it's just, it, it, it you know, and it, and it just, it, I mean, let's face it. Like, I mean, like Sarah, like you kind of brought up earlier, it's like, you know, just the whole like, like whether or not. So like, let's, let's pivot from that. Cause like then okay. like the, the, our most, like our least shitty band that I think our little group of friends ever produced was Sex Bunker, which then led into the 2040, which is really when like everybody was like sweaty balls punks for like, like a, a few years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, really, in uh, running a basement venue started because I wanted to have a place to practice with my band, and we wanted to have shows, and we stumbled upon this perfect basement. Uh, and it was not the first place shows. we practiced, though. I mean, like no. there was uh, a couple, a couple other. I mean, there was your Blue Island apartment, of course, and uh, and that was just a shit show. But uh, yeah, I think the 2040 was the culmination of, of everything. That was definitely uh, that started the epicenter. It was the punkest place that ever uh, punked, at, mm -hmm. least at least visually. Like I think it looked like people. Somebody like compared it to uh, the Foot Clan hideout yeah. in the Turtles movie, and that was one of the best compliments I ever got. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I can die happy now. I'm Shredder, like I always wanted to be. You got any cigarettes? Regular or menthol? It was something that, like, you know, it lasted a decade, a solid decade. Yeah. And it, it really, I mean, Dan and I and other people were the ones literally living here, but it was everybody, you know, contributing to it as, uh, and it, I mean, I guess I'll use this term loosely, but like an institution, you know, not like yeah. a formal institution or anything, but, you know. Um, it was, it was definitely had, a scene. Yes. And um, it couldn't have had that kind of longevity without a lot of different input and uh, yeah. um, contributions from all different types of people. And, you know, and we I were think, able to do a, b a bunch of different things, you know, yeah. beyond having just punk shows. Um, you know, we had different type we had different types of music, too, and art and different type, you know, parties and stuff like that. And uh uh, I'm really proud of it. Actually, I'm really proud. You we know. had bands from 
uh, <clears throat> from Europe, from Asia, from South America, from uh, Mexico and Canada, from um, Australia. We almost had a band from Africa, and it just didn't work out. And then we could have literally, literally had a band from every continent. Except Antarctica. Well, I always joke that, yeah, we, we needed to get a group of like <laughs> uh, Antarctic research station guys who are named uh, John McCready and the Things. <laughs> that's, a that's a good Antarctic uh, research station <laughs> awesome. name, right? Yeah. I'm going to hide this tape when I'm finished. If none of us make it, at least there'll be some kind of record. Grab these three random assholes and teach them how to play three chords. Right. Let's, let's play a guiding principle of punk rock. If you read the liner notes to like the Dick's 25th anniversary collection or whatever it is, he like Gary Floyd basically says that in the in the fucking opening liner notes. I found these guys; they look terrifying, so I taught them how to play punk rock, right. so I can have a punk rock band. Like that's a great, great principle. And I mean, I think the the thing about the 2040. We can we should do another episode just talking about punk rock politics and the issues with that kind of stuff because there's plenty of negative things I have to say but right the the best thing about the 2040 is that there was it was kind of um, wasn't perfect far from perfect didn't work the way it should have but there were moments where things needed to happen and I was because like of the relationships that I had built and because of like like what the 2040 meant to people. I was able to just like tell people like we need something done right now in order to keep this ship afloat mm -hmm. and people would do it. Even if it was simple as like block these people, I need to change kegs mm -hmm. so, uh, compared to like get everyone inside. The police are coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something that I'll never forget is uh, one of our friends uh, came up to me at either a show or a party or something here and was like, Sarah, when I'm here, I feel free. Yeah. And I was like, that's the best compliment I could ever get. Like, I think I could die like a happy woman knowing yeah. that I made, you know, him and hopefully other people feel like that through, you know, this whole, that whole enterprise and everything. And that it's a, it's a very, very cool, cool thing to be a part but, of. Well, what I was going to say earlier is like to your point, like about how uh, you wonder about whether it was a bad decision to, to be at all involved in punk rock. It's like, um, you know, of course there's the, you know, you, you contemplate, okay, what, what else were we going to do? The, the thing about punk rock is it did give us something to do, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it, it gives, it, it, it's very like all encompassing and uh, for better or worse. I mean, it, it might've, we might've gotten into more worse, more terrible trouble uh, that didn't have something as, you know, righteous well, at the time as punk rock. I'll challenge you there. I feel like we got into more stuff. Well, that's true. Yeah, no. Traditional, I yeah, more I traditional more trouble, trouble. <laughs> uh, based on any kind yeah, of definition so of trouble, trouble you want to yeah. put okay. into it. All right. But, but I'm just saying it was but, righteous. But, 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 but my thing is, is that, like looking back on all of it and on the 2040 and how we were all involved in it, would I have rather go back in time and been some normie living in some apartment that was just to myself and what, like what saving money or right. like working a job and just saving money and then drinking beer on the weekend and what I like. And then now I look back and 
that was my 20s. No, nope, no, thank you. I don't think I could have had any other kind of interesting 20s. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's now um, in my early 30s, no having way. Not, not figured out a career, that's exactly what I wish I had done, is <laughs> gotten into a job and saved money. But I had well, no idea of knowing that I'd have kids. And there's so I'll tell you, I'll tell you like like that, the but... number one reason why we should all be glad we got into punk rock is because it's the reason we're all friends. That's true. That's right. The only shit worth a damn is friendship. This podcast doesn't exist without punk rock. That is kind of of the straight up the underlying. I guess you were saying our marriage doesn't exist without punk rock. It's true. Because I met Sarah's cousin, Zach, first, and I met him because he was in a band called The Studs that played with all of our friends' bands in high school. And, uh, that's it still plays to this day. The only one that, that yeah. kept, kept going. Good for them, man. Yeah, I give them credit. I will play a selection. My the one stud song that I really and truly love is called "Donner Family Christmas Party," and I feel like it just has the yeah. best Midwestern yep. pop punk hook yep. I've heard in ages. Get rid of us singing it and put the actual song in there. That's probably um, for the best. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, all those things, and also just you know, I think the idea of the the choice, us having a choice, is a false kind of question. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. No, well, that's no. a huge thing about well, the twenty forty. Like when I look back on the things that happened year after year, that. We didn't go into it with a plan. Other, I'm, a handful of people came up to me throughout it, being like, "So, how did you guys create your brand for for your space?" And I was like, "What the fuck? What? Like the like what? Like it never. I never understood how anyone could right. ever like." come at me with that because it's like we're the opposite of that it was so organic of like well we need to we have need a, a place for our bands to practice we need our basement yeah. and we also need to be near our work and right. this is the place where that was at and like it just happened so and it was also a big network of friends and mutual friends and honestly family cousins yeah. <laughs> and um somebody's and, always and got like a cousin that. oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. If you if you read like the books on punk rock, the history, like like American hardcore and things like that, um, there is always cousins and brothers and knuckleheads of family involved in punk rock. Yep. Whether they want to be or not. Yep. Which, and, uh, which makes it so much more wonderful than any kind of brand could ever. <laughs> a, yeah. a brand could never. A no, brand could, could never. never. I mean, it's interesting that you say that because there were brands that came sniffing around the 2040. We alluded to Pabst earlier, kind of cornering the market and Red Bull kind of did a similar thing in vans. Um, but there were brands early on that saw the market potential of punk rock, uh, especially it's weird. DIY punk rock became its own kind of culture unto itself that became commodifiable. Interestingly PBR enough. had a, a, a punk rock case for a while. Yes. I don't, do you remember that? Where like they had like Mohawk guys on it and the can art had like punks on it and stuff like that. I and, think uh, I looked up the I looked up the show so that that was real well. meandery. Yeah, yeah, it is. Right. And, and but, one thing I want to say is a whole episode could be done on the 2040. You know what I mean? 
it's like it, there's a lot to be said about the venue you guys started um and and it, they, it, but i think that could be saved for a later episode but uh but yeah i think tim's right we we need to be uh Let's get to the broader spectrum here. So I, I was just trying to make the point that like we had no choice. I mean, Tim, do you feel like in the end you really had a choice? Like, no, I was taken against my will. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, the, and the, the funny thing is, is that uh, like really how I got into punk rock was uh, like it, it. Like everybody has that. Like, yeah, uh, you you need friends. Like you need a per. Like I, I can't imagine having been alone in this. You know what I mean? The other interesting thing is like about, you know, Tim, I don't think you did have a choice. I don't think any of us really had a choice because I don't believe that we're that conscious of what we do in that way. Uh, you know, uh, shit. What was I going to say? God damn it. Oh, right. So we don't have, we didn't really have a choice because none of us are really conscious in that way. And the thing that I think is proof of that is that there's like millions of people who listened to Green Day and bought their record and loved it. And then, like, it's not like like there are a million morons like me who opened their fucking basement to goons, goons with bad haircuts and power cords for 10 years. You know what I mean? There's something about all of us that, like, beyond just getting into that music, we were like, yeah, you know what, though? I'm going to wreck my life. We came to wreck everything and ruin your life. I hate to, I don't know, I hate to say that, like, you grow out of it. Because of course I'll always go, but you know, I'll, there will always be a time and a place for punk rock, but it's like, and, and, but you know, a lot of the music I listen to now is not punk rock. And, uh, and, and it's, I don't know. It's like when you, when you do, you, you do like, I don't know, like this, it's there, the point you brought up earlier. It's like, it's now it's just in, stuck in my craw here. And it's just like, do I regret it? You know, like, I don't know because it's just like, yeah, like it, it did kind of like, it made for very poor planning of my Mistakes future. Mistakes were made. Yeah. Mistakes were made. <laughs> and uh, he's right. Mistakes were made. But mistakes would have been made. But mistakes with other mistakes. Yeah. Possibly yeah. worse mistakes would have been made uh, in a very different vein without punk rock, you know? And it's just like, you know, I don't here's, know. But here's what I'll say. And I don't know. This I, I'm dying. So hopefully we can go out on this. But uh, like your punk rock life like for good, bad, or whatever the third thing is, uh, should, <laughs> should have a beginning, middle and end. Yeah. Like you shouldn't just yeah. languish in it for decades and decades. Like, yeah. and it's like almost like, uh, it's kind of like you learn skills and you pick up little like tricks while you're in there that you can use for something else later in life. And it's almost like a, a chrysalis period for life. Like, I went through my punk because I went through, you know, being a punk and came out a teacher. Ben came out a parent, Smesler and Sarah came out activists. You know, it's uh, it's almost like a, a, a transformative period that like breaks you down to your component parts and rebuilds you. Yeah. What do you Weird. really care about? Otherwise, you become Blink-182, 50 years old, selling right. cars. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that, that car commercial with the Blink-182 song is tripping me out hard. Oh boy, and like yeah, I mean, like, and to, to that to that uh, I, to that metaphor, I guess if it was a metaphor, well, no, I'll present a metaphor to that. What you were saying is that we we were all definitely caterpillars at that at that time, you know, and we were uh, 
we, we were, were all trying to fit butterflies. Yeah, yeah fucking hey, man. <laughs> if, if not moths, but like we, uh, big ugly moths bashing into your face when you're sitting outside, all, all dusty and old. <laughs> holes in your clothes right <laughs> but it's like uh we were just trying to we we're just trying to figure shit out and uh whether or not i mean punk rock it, it you know for better or worse you know we, the, the thing the thing about it too is that there's always like there's bad deplorable people in in every scene but i think we were it did make us inherently good people you know we were on uh the, the right side of history uh, for, for a lot of it. And you know, for certain points, maybe not, you know, but uh, that was also just the time. And it's just like, you know, but it, it does instill in you these, um, I don't know. I mean, there's a, we listened to a lot of righteous punk bands that, you know, didn't take no shit. And it was all yeah. about like, yeah, we're poor, but what of it? And, you know, um, whatever your race, creed or, you know, ethnicity, religion, it's just like it, it I don't know. It, this is strong Libra energy right now. I'm just saying, like, I don't know about it, that. we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this episode. Yeah, yeah, I really think, a lot of a lot of words came out of your face just now. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap um, it. You're, you're forcing me to wrap this all up, and I wasn't ready to. Can I just well, say you've been monologuing for two consecutive minutes? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, and it's nonsense. You're just I, rambling. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to make like 20 points I wanted to make during this episode. You're so incoherent. You should be a presidential candidate. <laughs> but everybody knows who this guy is. Come on, man. Can, th- th- you keep forcing us out. Can we just tell one punk rock show story? Oh my piece? god! Just one. Are you like just, all I'm saying is, Tim, give me your punkest show you've ever been to. Like the experience, like how fucking crusty and crazy it was. And you got into some crazy trouble. It's got it. You've got to enjoy telling it. Um, I didn't get into any trouble, uh, but I uh, how, why did we let him make us? He's I'm telling you, he's the bully of the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like, believe I it. I started doing this. It's my happy uh, place. Indulge me. Know how the fuck this happened, but um, uh, I was supposed to play a show uh, at like an abandoned house uh, somewhere where people were squatting that they had set up for shows somewhere on the south side. And uh, I ended up not playing the show, but I went and I brought my cousin TJ with me for some reason, even though he is not the type of dude who goes to underground punk shows. And uh, Korean noise research. Oh, <laughs> remember right. that band they played? I forgot about and that. And some like folk punk guy played. And then uh, the cops uh, came very quickly and like vaulted over the fence and like did like barrel rows to and like jumped <laughs> up to break up a punk show. And they were just like, everybody go home. <laughs> that was it. They they use like like special ops tactics to gain entry to the yard and then we're like, get out of (laughs) here. We're not arresting any of you, but we did want to look really badass when we came in. So I I honestly I have way too many 
stories from the 10 years of the 2040. I've told one about me getting my ass beat bloody in an alley by a punk gang. I'm sure we've told stories about somebody threatening to shoot up a show. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have one. I'll have plenty throughout this podcast. I have one that'll be like karma for Ben. Cause you brought this on us. You forced okay. us to do stories, right? Sure. This is Ben's idea. This is my fault. So, I see. In the early sex bunker days, I wasn't even 21 yet. So a lot of these going to sh- the, a lot of these shows were at bars and I couldn't get in or I had to sneak in or oh, yeah. it was really stressful, blah, blah, blah. And there is one, there is one. And okay. So there is this one time where there was the millionth show. Um, and I have to give credit to Ben's wife, me and her were oftentimes the only audience to sex bunker. All right. We had other people. Millions and zillions of shows. There was that one guy um, at that bar hang on, who hang on. sat on the stage. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. It was like a dead of winter show at, I think, the Metal Shaker. Like on the north side, snowy, freezing cold. I wasn't even 21, so I don't even think I could like, I think I was able to get in. And then somebody was like, get the fuck out of here. And I had to hang out in the van, like miserable, miserable. Why? Why? If I ever have a daughter, I'm going to be like, don't. Go do something else. Don't don't yeah. spend your time hanging out with a guy oh, but <laughs> who, make, okay who, for who a makes son. you do that. But um, whatever. But so so this show was just like oh my god, and it was like they played to like nobody, and then we're driving back in this fucked up van that cost Dan I think like 600 bucks for this van that was just a piece of shit and it was freezing I have to just I just have to keep saying it was so freezing cold so it all wraps up it's probably like three in the morning we're driving home Dan's driving home it's me and Dan in the front seat and Ben and his wife in the back that didn't have seats just the open we were married at the time by the way my girlfriend at the time no 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 I think it was that early you were not married yet it was that early yeah and uh (laughs) you guys are fighting okay and the kind of fight that's like I don't remember this of course you don't so and it was a kind of fight where it was like nobody else to you guys existed at the time. You're just screaming, 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 screaming at each other. And Den and I are in the front seat like, all right, all right. I don't know. Let's just get home. Let's just get home. We get on the highway. Maybe screaming, we were, screaming, we were screaming, 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 screaming. And then this shitty, shitty van on the middle of the highway <laughs> in the middle of the frigid winter by itself just starts honking by itself. <laughs> oh! Honk, 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 honk. And that's and what it sounded it. like too. It said honk. It was so weird. And then and you guys didn't stop. You guys just kept going, screaming at each other. And then they just look at each other like, this is our life. Yep. Yep. Hilarious. This is our life. That might be actually, maybe this will be my story, at least part of it. That might I think I remember that night because like Oh, it, Sarah, that is such a good story. It is a good story. And, it, and it, um, it honked the whole way home, by the way. Yes, this all the per- way down the highway. Yeah. Three in the morning, we were all drunk. Yeah. So not a good scene. can't no. believe we didn't get pulled over. But yep. I did have an occurrence with the cops earlier that night at the show. Like, because whatever Mikkel and I were fighting about, she was, like, walking away. Like, I, I was, it was either before or after the show. We were on the north side. I'm on the city streets. And she's, like, walking away from me. 
And I'm like yelling. I've got a mohawk at the time, and I just look all silly and ridiculous. And uh, and I'm yelling at her. And this squad, you know, cruiser pulls up, and they look at McCown. They pull the window down. They look at McCown. They're like, "Are you okay? Like, is this punk bothering you?" And she's like, "No, it's my boyfriend." And she, they're just like, like. <laughs> And they looked so sorry for her, (laughs) (laughs) but they didn't feel like doing anything. So they drove away. And I was just like, uh, you know, and uh, I don't know, but um, my story, because I can't think of a better one, but I did allude to it earlier and it actually probably doesn't qualify because it's not a punk rock band. They may be giants. It's not a punk rock band by any means, but they did come up in the late seventies and early, not well, early eighties. And um, they were in the same scene as punk rock bands. But the most punk rock experience I ever had at a show was at a They Might Be Giant show. Me and two buddies went to Detroit, Michigan for the first and only time I've ever been there. And um, before the show, it was a free show being held at like uh, a local theater. We, um, we so there was a homeless dude outside uh, of this, this bar. And we're just like, hey man, like, you know, uh, you know, can we, can we give you some money or something? He's like, no, man. He's like, you know, um, uh, you can you can give me something to drink if you don't mind. I'm waiting for the They Might Be Giants show. And we're like, holy shit, so are we? And so we went in and got. Uh, have you guys ever drank Camo malt oh, liquor? Yeah. So this was like a black can, like a 16 ounce cans of Camo Double X uh, malt liquor, and I've never gotten so trashed so quickly. Um, and, and at any rate. We end up getting drunk with this homeless person, and uh, he. After that, we go to the show with him. It's a great show. After the show, he takes us back to his squad. I am completely trash, and I do not remember this story. But as it was told to me, we. It was in an abandoned warehouse on the second floor. As he, so he stops us before we get to this ladder that goes up 15 feet to the second floor of this abandoned warehouse. He's about to explain to us. Uh, okay, like, before you guys go up there, like, there's a procedure you need to do before you, and I start scaling the ladder, and he goes, no, wait! And he's just like, then Jimmy and Mark are like, wait, what are you doing? Like, and and the guy's like, he's gonna fucking die. He's like, he doesn't know about the big hole in the floor. He's gonna fall 15 feet to his death. (laughs) This was all told to me later. And apparently, I somehow scaled a metal ladder up, like, do a 15, 20 foot story, you know, or story, 20 foot uh, uh, second floor, jumped over this large gaping hole in the floor that would have led to my death and immediately fell in a pile of his old dirty clothes and just passed out. And they, oh. all, scaled, they all scaled the ladder and were just like, Train holy shit, fight. I can't believe he didn't fall to his death in that hole that's right after the ladder. And uh, I'm surprised I did also. But they were giants, good band and a good time. Well, that's that's a very punk story. I mm-hmm. think that's a good place as any to end it. You know, it's interesting. Normally, we don't have time to be punks, but tonight we did. The kids were asleep, and we had a little time to be punks, so we still got drunk. I fucked that all up, but either way, that's all right, right everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Later. Later.